all that communist internet. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. You're in the team room with Juan's Ready. We're here to talk about something today that is very near and dear to all of our hearts. That is senior NCOs. And uh, to, to start this, I did send a text out the other day to uh, these five, fine gentlemen, Jared, Aaron, Peaches, whatever your name is. I don't know. Short guy. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about senior NCOs. I had, a, had an incident the other day where I was talking to a senior airman. That's an E4. And I was like, hey, so I'm an old senior NCO. So it's like my job to be annoying to all these people, to ask them how they're doing. Interrupt what their are your day. plans. Yeah. yeah, because you want to talk about stuff. So you're like, hey there, Airman, you got five minutes for me? They're like, not really. I'm doing the entire office's work, but I can't say no because you're an E8. But anyway, what do you got for me, Senior Master Sergeant Segmiller? Uh, what are your future plans? Are you going to stay in for 20? How's it been so far, young person? Like, what are the kids into these days? You know, that type of stuff. But during this this super awkward conversation that I was having basically with myself, the senior army did uh, start talking about their chain of command. And they were like, it's weird that you're being nice to me. And I was like, I don't like, huh? They're like, well, you're an E8. Like, why are you speaking to me like I'm a person? Our senior NCOs like never come around. And when they do, it's like super awkward and they don't talk to us. And I can't stop thinking about it because I got so mad in that moment. Not because I think I'm a better senior NCO than anybody else. I think we all know that I'm, I'm pretty terrible at what I do. But there is one thing that I care about, and that, that one thing is people. And I can't understand how you can go through your entire career, end up in the uh, senior NCO ranks, and not interact with people and not try to uh, you know, maximize the talents and abilities and all those other things of the people below you and also try to bring them up with you. And so we, I have a few theories about why senior NCOs you know, lose track of where I think they should go. Uh, but I want to you know, see what you guys think as well. So that's why I dragged you out here this morning to... Uh, to tell you all these fun stories. <laughs> okay. Drag this hit, us up, with the right? first, hit us with your first idea, Trent. Why, why, uh, reason number one, theory number one, why do you think senior NCOs sometimes have a, a disassociation from the people problem? Well, you know, hurt people hurt people. So I think it's, it's, it's easy for them to think that they understood what was happening early on in their career. So if you were an E4 back in like early GWAT or whatever, and your senior NCO was mean in your mind, and then you make it there someday and you're you're this like, you know, E7, E8. This this mentality of, well, this is how it was for me. So this is how it's going to be for the next generation is just so, uh, I think it's fairly per pervasive. Like we see it all the time. Like, well, when I was a, a dude, like stop thinking about yourself. Like so many self-centered people that are, you know, in love with whatever their idea of their experience was, that they're going to pass that along to the next generation instead of, like, if you're so grumpy about the way it was for you, why wouldn't you change that? So, yeah. Like, how many times have you guys heard that? Someone was like, well, when I was coming up or my, you know, my E8s when I was young were a bunch of dicks. So why wouldn't we all be dicks? Right. Well, and it's a little bit narcissistic, right? Like, inherent in that view is like, well, they made me into this super stellar guy that I am today. So I need to make sure that I can make you into a good guy. And this is how you do it. Like, you know, there's all of these things are wrapped up in you know, nature versus nurture. And a lot of it is parenting, like leading, guiding, mentoring, trying to bring up the next generation. Like you can't help, but that's why you call people kids. And that's why you feel like sometimes at work, like people will call their team sergeant dad, you know, and if you have the, you know, quintessential Hollywood senior NCO, that's like, he's seen stuff, man. He's grizzled. He ain't got time for you young kids today. You know, that, it becomes like almost this caricature that people put on. And it's funny watching people go from like E6 to E7, 
because the minute they put on E7, they take on this whole different affect. I'm like, bro, you're the same guy you were a week and a half ago. You just have a little different rank on your chest. Like, why are we? Why are we acting differently? It's a weird thing. And it All does of a sudden, happen. they're like, "What are you, a weatherman? You're telling me how nice today is." It's like, whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> take it easy, Tom. We just had lunch last week. You had two beers. We it was it was great. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, peaches. What, what? You got anything? You look like you're going to say something. No, no, no. I, I've never understood the, the grizzled and crusty. I mean, they're fun to make fun of, right? It, it's funny. You got some grizzled and crusty, salty senior NCO and that kind of stuff. But I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the disassociation, and I don't get the. I think. I know more. Obviously, you are going to be wiser in the ways of the Air Force and the way the military works and stuff like that, right? Just because you've been around it, you've had that kind of time to season and, and see the ebbs and flows of what the military naturally does, you know, whether it's um, in terms of manning, in terms of, okay, the Air Force is really fat. Now it's slimmed down. The whole, you know, you get all the different do more with less, which we all know what do more with less means. You know, it's just... Um. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But. No. Well, and and you know, I, I remember being you know like an E four. I think it 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 takes a village, you know, to turn mm-hmm. someone like me into a decent human being, right? Like so, like it's not like every senior NCO that I ever like looked up to was the same person, you know. Like I had we had the guy at my detachment at Fort Bragg who was like kind of like the team dad or mom who like took care of everybody, but would also hold you to the standards. We did have that like crusty dude. I've talked about him who like legit threatened our lives if we didn't stay in good enough shape. Like if he catches you on a run, I was fairly certain he was going to crack my skull open, you know, and, and do whatever he had to do. Um, but I, I, so like when I say this, I'm thinking a lot of these people might just not have the confidence to lead or to, to be the senior NCO that they, they, who they are, you know, like just to be like open and honest about everything. That's the only excuse I can come up with why you wouldn't interact with the younger people in your unit. If you're like not very confident in the way that you're going to, interact with them if you're afraid of being seen as like a human being instead of you know the senior nco the person in charge the team sergeant or whatever so you know i think i've seen that a few times throughout my career too like the people that are less confident in their abilities tend to be a little more closed off and a little more you know by the book well it could be a, it could be an extrovert versus introvert kind of thing uh, also a cover level thing i you know i I don't like being behind my computer. However, I find myself behind my computer more often just because I, I fall so far behind with things that need to get done. And unfortunately, being on the computer or being on the phone is also one of the ways that I am, you know, helping members with uh, pay issues, assignment issues. Um, you know, whether there's disciplinary issues like that, that is the way now that I essentially work. Um, and then also I have to, you know, divide my time and understand that I need to spend time with people as well. So it's, it's tough because I know that for every, you know, half hour or whatever it is that I am either on the road traveling, um, you know, out at a, a lunch with, you know, with somebody or, or just going to visiting unit that I am following farther and farther behind um so it's it's understanding that so you know that's why my phone is attached to me all the time which i'm sure people notice but it's like damn dude i i got to because i'm always getting phone calls i'm always getting messages i got to follow up and if i have a if i have a 10 minute break now i need to call 
like, do I need to use this 10 minutes to, to start knocking out some of my to-do list? And then you fall into that part where you get comfortable with it in terms of you're like, oh man, being behind the computer is my comfort zone. And that is not a good place to be. And I recognize that myself, um, even though I hate being behind the computer and look for excuses to get out from behind it. So it's yeah. every E7's dream. And you say it that the day that you put it on, you're like, I'm not going to be that master sergeant that's out of shape. I'm not going to be that guy that just sits in his office and does stuff. I'm going to maintain all my currencies. I'm going to be with the bros. Like this is going to be a thing. And then, you know, you get mugged by reality where you have 25 EPBs to write every cycle and, you know, 30 awards. And your primary duty is a different duty than you had maybe, you know, even as a team sergeant, like your job isn't to go out and job every single day on core skills. If you're a good NCO, if you were a good NCO and a good teammate, you were doing that for 10 years before that, right? Like it's time to do other things is your primary duty. And it's hard to strike a balance. There are definitely times in my career where I walked out of my office for the first time all day and was like, I was just drowning in admin. Like I couldn't go out on, you know, somebody would poke their head in and they'd be like, Hey, we're going to go to lunch. Looking back on it now, I think that admin work probably would have been there after I turned lunch down and maybe I should have went out and been like, Hey, you know 100%. what? It, this is going to get put in there uh, when I get put in there. And yeah, let's go sit down for lunch or yeah, you know what? I can take four hours off and go to the range today as opposed to doing this other admin work that needs to get done. But it's easy to lose sight of it. Like, and I think we all have, just like you said, you, you get behind the computer, you start knocking out that to-do list and like anything else, you're just going to job out until that task is done. But you have to find a balance because people yep. do notice it. It is one of those things where your team will, you know, pull you aside or, you know, I've had really good officers just be like, Hey, I got this crap today. Go out and do this training event with the boys or go out and get a couple jumps off and, uh, and, and, you know, lean in in that way. So it's, it's tough though, because there is work to be done. There's always work to be done that you have to do. And being on the team at that level, that E7, E8, E9 level, that's, that's not your primary duty. Your primary duty is being on everybody's team. No, and that's that's true. And to to the senior airman, you know that that pulled you off to the side, Trent. And then the, what what you're talking about, Aaron. I think that that you know that ten minutes or that thirty minutes or even that four hours that you spend with that person or that group of people um, is more of an investment and more important than it is making sure that those x amount of you know thirty EPBs or whatever it is uh, is completed. Yeah, on it. I, th I think sometimes there, there's two things that are that that happen in my mind anyway, right? There's the the people that think that they're more important now since they went to they made E7 or whatever, got the top of their house. But then I know personally, like my thing is like I'm like, well, I'm just a I'm just a master now. Like who cares? But looking back, just like you know, a few minutes a day as an E4 with the E7 talking to me, like those were like huge moments in my life. Like them just like sitting down or, or, or chit chatting with, with me in the hallway. And I think sometimes it's easy for, for some of us to, to lose sight of how influential we can be or should be uh, to the younger folks in our organizations. Right. And getting those priorities straight. And so I think you can go either way with that too. Like, uh, you know, you can get drowned in the paperwork. Uh, you can become an a-hole or you can just be like, no, it's not a big deal. Like without really, uh, fully grasping the responsibility and the influence that you can have on the organization as a senior NCO and not taking full advantage of it uh, for the younger people and, and just trying to be like, no, like, I'm, it's just, it's just E7. It's like, no, well, it's not, you know, like it meant something when you were an E3, E4, when, when they would talk to you and like share their, their experiences with you. 
And so there's also that responsibility to do the same thing uh, when you make it there. So that's that's something that I struggle with because at the same time, I'm like, why would you want to talk to me? Like, right. okay, the the chief's here. Like, why? Why? Does it? Do you really want me to be there? Like, let's be honest. Do you really want me to be there? And so that's that's the way I look at it because I go because of who you've talked about is I got to you know in the past I had somebody in there that you know you almost at least with some of them we didn't always trust them because they're in there and they're they're always I mean just scoping things out what's inappropriate on the wall who's who's got inappropriate shit on their desk who's you know it's surfing the internet instead of you know <laughs> programming radios or wh- whatever it is right and uh and then you'd end up hearing about it um so that's why we were always kind of like oh why do we want a chief in there you know and what i've been told and the feedback that i've gotten um from from some of the other tech p senior ncos that are are here is they're like no dude we we want you to be around we want you because you have perspective that we don't have and you're part of conversations that we don't have and we want to we like we need to hear it so that we know what's going on so that we at least can trust you and know that you're not planning talking um and doing anything like that in kind of a in a bubble and in a vacuum so it's another weird dynamic too because you do have influence you are part of those conversations those higher level conversations those higher level decisions so it's it's a weird thing where you want to be on the team with the bros, but I don't know how many parties I've left early. I don't know how many <laughs> events that I've just because like you can't have fun when dad's around. No. You know what I mean? Like it's got it's a, it's this weird thing. Like you walk into the team room and you know as the op soup or as you know whatever senior level position that you you know CEL or SEL or or whatever it is that you're doing inside the squadron. You know there is that you know when the chief walks in the room you're like ugh. Uh, Hey, what's going on? And it really does kind of like interrupt the day. So I was always super sensitive to that. You know, when we would have team parties and stuff, you know, it would, it would start going downhill and I'd be like, all right, well, uh, if you guys need anything, give me a call, but I'm going to, I'm going to make my exit here so that number one, I have plausible deniability. And number two, you guys can actually relax and have fun and not have to worry about, you know, making a fool out of yourself in front of me or thinking that you did, because I never cared. You could do whatever you want. It was never a thing that I, I ever cared about, but it is a weird thing because you do have that influence. You do hold that position of authority. You are going to speak and make decisions that are going to be good and bad for the team. Like you're going to have to make decisions that don't go everybody's way all the time. You cannot possibly make everybody happy. Uh, the training cycle gets in the way of birthdays and first days of school and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And you're going to have to make hard decisions. So it, it's a tough uh, tightrope to balance and it does suck. It wears on you. Heavy is the head that lies the crown. Uh, even in those like middle management sort of positions. Well, is it is it easier to give people bad news via email instead of like face to face? Oh my gosh! You know, yes. like no, I hate. Uh, oh God, uh, I hate giving people bad news well, via the email. I think my question is: Are 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 NCOs getting enough reps? You know, like giving people negative feedback or bad news or or making decisions for them uh, to to be comfortable with it once they become senior NCOs. You know, like. It's it's one of those things. It's it's a lot easier to send out an email and be like, "This is what's happening," instead of like looking at people face to face and being like, "Hey, this is what's happening," and then having to explain it. Like, I think senior NCO's job, like half of the job, is what just uh you know translating everything, right? Like taking uh, intent and and orders, translating it, making it make sense for the the organization as much as possible, and then implementing it right uh, in in 
the way that makes the most sense for everybody. So I think sometimes like we're, we're, we're doing this like whole, like be nice to everybody and inclusion and like all these are good words. Right. But like, sometimes we, we miss the boat on getting the reps in to be like, no, no, this is the way it is. And being a little more black and white with people and being like, this is how we're moving forward. If you have concerns, let's talk about it. But you know, like, I, I don't know how many reps you guys got, you know, as a, as an NCO, like, but that's like one of those things as an instructor that were, it made it pretty easy for me to like get used to staring people in the eyes and telling them the worst news possible and, and, and just dealing with the consequences and then having to explain it, you know? Well, I didn't get too many reps as a, as an NCO, um, doing that, but I definitely, from, from the time I put E7 or Master Arden on, definitely got a lot of reps, um, just because I, I was at the weapon school. It's a, it's a very debrief heavy, you know, every, every time you're going out, you're coming back, you're receiving good and bad info. You're providing good and bad info saying, Hey, you mess this up. You mess this, 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 you know, um, additionally, we, you know, we had a couple deaths, um, you know, within the community out uh, while I was at, you know, out at Nellis. And, and so having to tell you be in the SEL during that time, having to kind of sit everybody and tell, you know, when, when their friends passed away, uh, that kind of stuff. So I have definitely, as a senior NCO, gotten a lot more reps at it. But I mean, to your, I don't know if you guys got anything on that, but I had, I had one other thing. No, go. Okay, cool. Um, Chief it I up. Th- yeah. I think we also, we have to trust people's, um, trust people and their ability to receive good and bad information. Um, I think we think like, oh, this person's going to be distraught. This person's just not going to take it well. And I'm sure that there are folks that, in fact, I know that there are folks that do not receive, you know, um, critiques or, or bad information. Well, of course, but I think we also have to trust that, Hey, this person is an adult. They have been in the military for a while or hope. Oh, well, at, at least by the time we get them, you know, six months. At a yeah. minimum, thinking about some of our special warfare uh, mission support, um, and that hey, this is the beginning of their career to not just the Air Force but adulthood, and we need to help give them uh, that opportunity to react to good and bad information. And somebody being critical of them, saying, "Hey, you've messed this up. These are the ways that you can improve. Like this is how I rate you in terms of your performance so far." And here is how you can how can you can improve and, and move forward. So I think we just got to trust people versus the email thing going. Hey, uh, you messed this up. If you got any questions, let me know. Here's my number. <laughs> I think there's a, uh, another dynamic too that you know things the the social landscape has changed in such a way where there is a good bit of fear, and I won't say it's completely unfounded. Like the feedback that I got as a young you know staff sergeant you know, even tech sergeant, like it was very pointed. And I never thought to be like, oh, you're being mean to me because I am who I am. So I'm going to tell on you to my boss. And I think there is a little, there is a, a pretty big undercurrent now where it is kind of like walking on a landmine where you're like, man, I got to give this feedback in such an objective and clear black and white way that it can't seem like there's any personal bias in here that it can't seem like I'm doing it for any other reason. Because like that stuff comes out so quickly now. And, you know, it, when the DE and I, you know, you, you mentioned diversity, equity and inclusion earlier, Trent, I was just thinking about how that has really changed the nature of feedback. And I'm sure that's another thing that people have to get used to because just me as a person, I can walk into a room and go, 
hey, you're an idiot. You really screwed up this training event. I have no idea why it is. You acted the way you did. Don't do that again. Here's the, you know, the progression forward. Here's how we're going to make it better. Okay, let's go. And that could be a completely different conversation to somebody on the receiving end just by my tone, by the words that I use and all this other stuff. And it can lead to serious issues. So I think that's a, a pretty big wrinkle that folks are going to have to deal with now and, and in the future as far as feedback and, you know, how NCOs talk to their subordinates. And it can be, it can be a problem. Well, you got you to cage it, right? Like, uh, I, I think in my career, my, my supervisors are like, I don't know, 50% accurate on like initial feedback mm -hmm. but i still remember my initial feedback and i remember one time in particular uh when i was in weather where my my new supervisor sat me down and like actually went through like hey these are your expectations for the year so everything that i got from that supervisor for the next year and then at the six month mark when i got my update like hey you need to do x y and z if you want a certain rating on your whatever if you want me to back you to go to airborne school and all this other stuff and so i think it starts in the very beginning. Like if you, if you never give this person initial feedback and show them like what your standards and expectations are in the work environment, then everything you say to them is without context. It is your job as that NCO, senior NCO, to provide that context for your organization to understand why feedback is happening the way that it is happening um, and, and what the intent is. Because without the context and, context and intent, it's like, well, then you're just being a dick. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, here's where I wrote down, like, you need to be better <laughs> at this like i said 90 percent, you're at 80 percent. so until you get there i'm going to tell you that you are not meeting the standards and it has nothing to do with anything else it is 100 percent uh, the expectations that we laid out well that's why you, the the expectations have got to be essentially like metrics you know they've got to be attainable or whatever that is the smart uh, goals help, yeah the smart goals thing you know they've got to be obtainable they got to be realistic they've got to be timely um and then you can, that way the person can also measure themselves against it too. And it's not some surprise whenever you tell them like, hey, you actually haven't met these. You've been late on whatever. You showed up late to work X amount of times. Like, I mean, come on, man. You know, you got to, you got to get, you got to do better. Be better. What's wrong with you? You got to go curry the goats. Who's going to carry the goats, my guy? Yeah. I will say the uh, the formalization of that feedback process, because you were supposed to do it all the time, right? Like for years and years and years, people were like, oh, did you get a feedback in this performance cycle? And you would just like, when yes. you file on their EPR, you'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. And you would just like <laughs> pencil whips some form. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah, tight. Um, the formalization of the initial feedback and then that midterm feedback inside of the reporting period has been great as far as as far as I'm concerned, because it's a tool for both that E4 that's wondering like, dude, am I, am I on track here? Like six months into this thing, like I don't understand why I'm not getting these schools and they sit down with their supervisor and their supervisor goes, well, yeah, cause we talked about this stuff and you're not doing it. And now you're, you're not on track for a good rating. I'm not going to push you up for force distribution when this EPB comes out because you haven't lived up to the expectations we set out, but it's good for both sides. It's good for those NCOs to get those reps to do a bunch of initial feedback and then, learn how to make goals. It's, it's a learning process for the NCO as well, you know, to understand what a smart goal is to understand, okay, well, what is achievable? What is realistic? What are some stretch goals that you want to do? I don't know how many times I've sat down with dudes and cause I was really big on actually doing the initial feedback, like actually sitting down and having the talk and going through the form. And I would learn things about the guys that I had no, no idea. They're like, you know, I had one guy that was an SR guy and he was like, listen, 
man, I want one more instructor assignment to kind of just chill out. I want to go do something completely different. I don't want to go to all these advanced schools. I don't want to do all of these advanced things. Like that's not my goal for my life <laughs> in the next five years. <laughs> and I was like, hey, fair enough, man. You know what? Like I, I didn't agree with it. I told the guy, I'll call him Mike. I, I was like, Mike, I, I don't agree with this. And I think that's a pretty crappy way. I'm like, you're basically telling me you just want to maintain the bear status quo and then get out and go do something else. And he was like, yeah, I'll, t I'll tell you what. Number one, I didn't know that. But number two, I could then prioritize other people that did want to go to those schools, that did want those opportunities, that did want to make rank and, and go on and do different things in different units. I didn't know that beforehand. And it sucked to hear. But at least he was honest with me. And I would have never known that had I, I like his life would have been miserable because I would have been pushing him to do something that he didn't want. He wouldn't have performed. That would have made my life you know, miserable because then I would have to counsel him and talk to him about it all the time. It would have been just this nasty feedback cycle. And again, I don't necessarily agree with the approach, but that's what he wanted to do for his life. He wanted to serve the rest of his contract out and then be on his merry way doing something else. And just is what it is but that was all through the conversation that we had during that initial feedback it, it's a it's it's a formal way to get to know your people just like you said and like you can put it on the calendar like as soon as you get into that 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 you know supervisor position like i loved that i loved being able to be like hey <clears throat> i'm gonna take my guys you know down to the golf course you know for breakfast you know like my two staff sergeants or whatever uh on this morning and like no one can say anything about it like my master sergeant like you know, it's like, hey, like, I'm going to go do initial feedback. You know, I got a few eyebrows raised up. Like, really? Like, you're going to go give people feedback? I'm like, yeah, like, I just got to the, the two, three. Like, I want to know who my staff sergeants are. I want to know, you know, they need to know my expectations. And like, we're a team, you know, like their success is my success. And so like, it's just a, a real nice opportunity to sit down. Like, it, it's stupid, right? Like, if you look at it on paper, it, it can look dumb. Like, oh, what are your goals for like this year or whatever? Like, you can be real cynical about it. Mm -hmm. Or you can sit down and have a conversation with these people, write all the stuff down, and then be like, okay, like whatever you need to accomplish these goals to to get you where to you need you need to be. This is what we where we need to be as a team. Like, and as long as all that stuff is symbiotic and we get along, and like we're our little NCO core that's like pushing everything along, like it's gonna it's just gonna make everything better. So, you know, like you're you're never gonna have time for everything. But these are the types of things where I think these things get pushed off to the side sometimes because we have 800 emails coming into our inbox every single day. You know, like the boss wants us to be at that meeting. You know, we need to go up to the group or the wing together because like you're the subject matter expert on X, Y, and Z. And I really need you to sit in here just in case I can't answer this question. It's like, hey, okay, but also my people are the most important thing. Like this is the culture and this is where the rubber is going to meet the road. And if this doesn't happen, the rest of it doesn't matter. And so like take advantage of the opportunities that you have yeah got him i don't know where sorry. to go for there sorry, but, I got, uh, yeah. Aaron, you did say up. something earlier uh when you you started talking about uh position of authority and i i did want to kind of bring this up is you know you especially going back to your your conversation with the the senior airman trent is he automatically kind of looked at you as you are you had credibility because you're you know a senior mass sergeant um he probably knows you just from this anyway so like you know that aspect of it but generally there is some some foundational level of credibility as a senior nco but it can be lost so fast um by Incompetence, being an asshole, 
um, uh, integrity issues. Like, hey, if I if if a senior airman knows you're freaking lying because you know why? Because he was there or she saw your actions. Like, you know, I, it's just it can be lost so quickly, and that that. <laughs> That goes with everything, right? That's that's not just senior NCOs, but I think it's important to for senior senior NCOs to act appropriately and and understand that people are watching them. And as soon as you, it's just like any other, you know, uh, command sergeant major or or chief. And that that's the joke is what all the memes is the E seven in the shop, the the flight chief, and then all of a sudden you get a. a you know, brand new A1C in from basic, some, some 18, 19 year old, you know, Mm-mm. like you can lose that really, really freaking fast. So gross. I don't even want to talk about that. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just terrible topic. No, no, good job. That's the thing you, you're on, you're on a pedestal, right? Like you, you have all those straps on your shoulder or whatever. Everybody's watching you. So yeah, every action that you take is going to hold the weight of your rank or your your position and all those other things. And, you know, there, there's a whole lot more senior airmen with eyes and ears and that have time to, to, to pay attention to what you're doing than you have time to pay attention to them. So, like, everything is, is a multiplier, uh, you know, of, of 10, you know, or whatever it is. Um, all your actions are, are, are going to be scrutinized in, in that way. Um, but, you, I mean, you are going to make mistakes, though, too. Like, that's the next thing that I want to roll into. Like, like, how many mistakes did did we all make as as staff sergeants and tech sergeants as we as we learned how to be you know the the supervisors that you know we we looked up to and we wanted to be in the future you know like i jacked up all kinds of stuff like i had probably negative impacts on people's careers and my own career and all this other stuff but like you just have to you have to move past it and if your ego is so like wrapped up in this like rank thing it's like no like i don't make mistakes because i'm the supervisor now i'm the senior nco now and i think we've all seen this uh, you're you're never going to grow, and so you have to be willing to, you know, have some candid conversations with people as well. Be like, I made a mistake, um, you know, even to the to people that you're supervising, and and grow and move forward from that. Otherwise, you're just going to be a, a toxic person in that organization. I know the toxic word is. You've used so many therapy to- words today. Toxic? Yeah, right. I like, don't know, how else like... do you say it? You're you're going to be a <laughs> shitty supervisor, and no there one's going to like go. you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, therapy words. I love therapy words. They're doing great. So Trent, if we were going to lay it out, right? Like if we were going to give, and by the way, this, this applies not only to senior NCOs, but we're basically just talking about leadership, right? We're talking about going to that next level of leadership and everybody in the pipeline is going to do it. There's going to be a day where you're going to be the leader at ANS. You might be the, the senior airman in charge of a detail. You might be you know, a staff sergeant that's running through team and you're, you're actually an NCO, I see something, but if we were going to lay it out, so pitfalls to avoid or a, a roadmap to success for senior NCOs, Trent, what would you say is, is number one? Like what's the one thing you just got to focus on first and then everything else will fall in line. Can't pull anybody up to where you're at. If uh, you're not doing the things that you're telling everybody else to do, right? Uh, if you can't lead from the front, uh, you know, then, then what are you doing? And not everybody's going to have the same strengths, right? So like the things that I care about as a supervisor and the things that I really harp on, obviously, are, are the things that I've worked on and are my strengths. And that's where I'm going to, I'm going to push the organization. But, you know, like I'm not going to go to, to uh, you know, the, the PT stud and be like, you need to work out more. You know, like the, he can do more pull-ups than I can. Like, what am I doing? You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, so, but like you, you have to hold yourself to the same standard as everybody else. Otherwise, it's all fake and everybody, everybody will know it. 
So accountability, number one, you're going to, you're not going to ask other people to do what you won't do yourself. Peaches, what, what would be another little nugget of wisdom that you would give to somebody in that new leadership position? Uh, well, I guess it, it, I, it's kind of a, a vein or an offshoot of that, but I, I think that you don't, you're not too good or not too high of rank to get down in the weeds and do stuff, right? It doesn't, there, there's, I know that we in the team room, you know, we, uh, Hey, you're the, you're the new dude, like take out the trash, right? Hey, that that's as simple as I can make it. You know, new guy go around, pick up the trash or get, you know, get all the trash bags, take it out just because you're a team sergeant, just because you're a squadron SEL or whatever it is, or you can get in there and you can do it too. If, if, you know, we're clearing out a building you know, because, hey, this 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 room or this building's got to get cleared out and it hasn't been touched in, in 10 years and things have got to get moved and it's going to be nasty. Your ass better be in there, too. Not, hey, I got these meetings I got to go to or, oh, boy, man, love to. But, you know, I got these I uh, got these stripes. So beat it, nerds. You know, <laughs> like you better be in there uh, doing the exact same thing and probably working harder than every single person in there. I got it. You're probably broken. Your knees hurt. Your back hurt. Okay. Maybe you don't lift the the biggest freaking heaviest thing in there, but you better be in there and you better be as dirty as everybody else. Yeah, for sure. For me, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little touchy feely one since we're in, uh, in therapy land. It's nice oh, to try boy. is don't be too hard on yourself. You're not going to be the world's best leader. Like every day that you have as a leader is a new day and a new experience. So people I've seen, you know, friends of mine get in there and they're just like, oh, this sucks. I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. You know, some of the best input that I got from a, a great chief mentor of mine, you know, because I, I basically said the same thing. I was like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing as a flight chief. I, you know, I was a, an E7 or an E6 at the time out in Vegas. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like I'm failing every day and, you know, I'm not on top of stuff. Guys will come to me with problems and I don't know what to tell them. I've never dealt with it before. And he was like, bro, do you think I know what I'm doing? I've never been a chief before. This is, this is the, I set a record this morning when I showed up to work. It's the longest streak I've had of coming to work as a chief. He's like, and I do that every single day. And he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing either. You're juggling flaming chainsaws every single day. He's like, you can't be that hard on yourself of course you're not good at being a flight chief have you ever been a flight chief before and i was like well no he's like well <laughs> there you go we figured out why you're not good at it because you haven't done it very much he's like and you know i'm going to consistently put you in positions where you're going to do new and bigger things so that you can grow through it all growth is uncomfortable so just don't be too hard on yourself for the the pros and the the chicks that are going through you know, ANS and the pipeline and stuff right now, you're going to be a leader and you're going to fail and you're going to fail in front of people and you're going to fail in front of people that you care about. Like you have to just take that one on the chin, learn from it, what you need to, and then go on with your life. Uh, Cause if you're that hard on yourself, you're never, that's going to be a thing in the back of your head. Like if you're that hard on yourself, your biggest critic, which is yourself is going to tell you that you shouldn't try to take on new things because of that fear. So I, I don't know how you make amends with it. I don't know, you know, what works right for you. Um, but you got to find a way to just accept it for what it is. Don't be too hard on yourself and press on. Well, that, that goes for the folks that, you know, whether that's their, their commander, their, their squadron chief or, or the folks, of, you know, essentially above them, right. Is that they have to recognize that it's your third week in that position as a flight chief. You're going to continue to mess things up. You're not going to be 
at the same level, potentially at the same level as somebody that's been doing it for three years, you know? So there's got to be some grace in, in accepting that that person has a lot to learn and that they are going to get better at it. Again, they've only been in it for three weeks. So, you know, let them fail, but then guide them and provide mentorship to them to pull them along to where you need them to be or where the, the organization needs them to be. Yeah. The moment you get comfortable though doing something, they are going to move you to do something else. You're like, the first day you show up to work and you're like, I think I got this. They're going to be like, hey, come to my office. We got a new, I feel a new thing for you. Son I feel pretty good about this. Yeah. Son of a- <sighs> Speaking of feelings and all this therapy talk, do you know where I put all my feelings? I put them in an Everly stock bag. That's how Ooh. I carry them all around. And I can pull them out whenever I want to and be like, this person's a toxic leader. But you know what? Not, not toxic? The bags. They're, they're super convenient. They can hold all my feelings, anything that I need to carry around. Uh, you know, veteran-owned company. We like the folks out there in Boise, Idaho. I hate that they have better weather than I do almost all the time. Except for when it starts snowing, then I'll make fun of you. But um, yeah, we have a code, OR10, everlystock.com. Uh, if you're hunting and outdoorsman, military stuff, they got basically everything you need. I think Aaron likes the bando bag, but I, you know, it's only on my Facebook page like every 15 seconds. It is everywhere. Nobody hates it more than I do. Trust I me. Bet. Nobody hates it more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you should not the bando bag. I love it. I have two of them now. I wear them all the time. Different colors. They're great for your everyday carry for everything that you need to carry. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, but seeing myself talk about the bando bag makes me feel some type of way. But go check them out at everlystock.com. Use the code OR10. You'll get yourself a sweet discount and uh, maybe take some time away from the Facebook. You won't have to see me talking about it because I understand the memes. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if in case you know that ruck does get too heavy, uh, you could always <laughs> use other methods of you know burying that stuff or therapeutic stuff, and you can do that through eighteen alpha fitness.com, eighteen alpha fitness.com, using the promo code one ready, the number one ready, uh, to get you some kind of training plan to prep for the pipeline, trip prep for the Q course, buds, ranger school, um, or just to get in shape in general. He's got an app. He's got a uh, kettlebell stuff, Brazilian jitsu, jitsu, and stuff. The jitsu and stuff. J- you get to get so close. stuff. You were so close. Yeah. Jitsu yeah. stuff. Jitsu stuff and ninja and people. Such <laughs> so. ninja stars. Anyway, Kevin's Kevin's got a great program over there. He's been doing it for a long time, you know, and and he's got experience in it. He was a Green Beret in the past, uh, and is then was a develop not a developer, a uh, strength and conditioning coach at SWIC. Well, I guess at the time it was probably prep, but it was it was the uh, was the in between course, whatever they're calling that now. When you're okay. when you're in between courses, but what it kind of handled battle? everybody. Yeah, bat at the swamp. Something battle, like that. Then it was the swamp, and then they came right. up with like another name for it. I can't keep track of it. It's I can't remember what the other one was. All the lost children that need yes. need someone to look up to. All, All the misfit toys. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, check him out. Uh, Kevin's Kevin's good shit. So eighteen outfitness dot com promo code one and then ready. You know, it's it's weird when we talk about Kevin because like Aaron's like no, like he's like hey, if you need anything on the app, like he gives you that one on one attention. I'm like Kevin in real life is like suck it up stop being such a you know like <laughs> kevin is a terrifying individual and then like he gets on the app like under 18 alpha he's like hey man how's hey. it going like maybe if your rp was a little too high today take a little bit of time off or like take a little bit longer to do the workout i'm like i don't know i don't know who this person is anymore like kevin what happened to you 
Well, that's another good trait of a leader, senior NCOs, is communication and finding different ways to communicate with different people at the right time. I think that's another little cheat code for senior NCOs or anybody in leadership is finding different ways to communicate with people. I don't know how many times I've said this, you know, this sort of thing, you know, through my time as an instructor or just, you know, day to day. Somebody will come to me and go, oh, I can't stand this guy. I explained it to him a hundred times and he doesn't, he still does it the wrong way. I'm looking, I'm going to, okay. So in any communication, the sender is usually the problem. It's not usually the receiver that's the problem in any communication. You need to find a different way to explain it to him. You need to find a different method, maybe as opposed to just explaining it to him or going, hey, be better. That, that wasn't fast enough. Well, teach him how to be more efficient. Teach him how to do the task differently. Show him how to do the task. Show him how you do the task. There's a million ways that you can communicate to get to where it is that you need to be. And I think, you know, relationships are always the the easiest one to, to highlight this. But I don't know how many times, you know, you, I've seen my friends just explain something to their wife, like especially like trying to teach them how to, how to golf swing or try to teach them how to do a movement in the gym. And they say it over and over and over again. And then one of our friends will step in and be like, hey, yeah, you just kind of like put your elbow up a little bit higher. She does it right. She's like, oh, and you're like, I've been saying that to you for two hours. Yeah, But there was a barrier in communication and that other person figured out how to communicate in that way. But you really do have to be an adept communicator because not everybody takes in information the same way. And you have to be able to talk to, you know, 10 hundreds of different people, you know, throughout your day and get them to understand, you know, your guidance, your intent. You know, you need to sometimes decipher what the commander wants and get them to understand it in a way that they have buy in. And that stuff is tough and you have to work on it. Well, I mean, look at the communication on this, this podcast alone. You've got three different communicators right now. Um, and I, and I, like from my point of view, I'd say that probably you, you two are more kind of aligned than I am. Right. I mean, is that a, is that a fair assessment? I just like when you start saying something, cause I never know where it's going to end. That's my favorite part is you'll start I, talking. Guess what? Guess I what? I don't, I don't know either because <laughs> you have no idea how many times thoughts and words in my mind just go fleeting. It's, it's <laughs> gone. So I don't know where I'm yeah. going either. Well, we've all had different experiences, right? Like, so Aaron and I, I think do have like a lot of similarities in the, the way we think about stuff, but like the, you know, peaches, you come on here and you talk about stuff all the time. Like it happened on this episode where you were talking about something. I'm like, Oh, that's, there's a little bit of a different way to, to approach that and a you know, different way to explain it. And it's, it's good. And that, that's what it takes, right? Because whether you're a leader or a teacher or anything, like if, if you're teaching a class, right, and all the students get one thing wrong, is that a failure of the students or is that a failure of the teacher? Teacher, 100%. Right. right. I mean, I, I remember being in weather school and like there was this teacher we had who could not get through to any of us. Like all of us were like, we are all about to fail this test. And, and to your point, Aaron, this other dude, this like Navy AG1 just like comes bebopping into the room on our break and is like, oh, this is what you guys are talking about? Gave like a 13 second lecture on like how to like, you know, differentiate fog versus clouds or something stupid weather stuff. But like the way he said it, we were all like, why didn't this other this we've been learning this for three weeks. And like this other dude just like walks in here, no pressure environment, explains it to us. And like all of us, it clicked and, uh, you know, saved us all from being washed back in the stupid long tech school that it was. But those little things are what I write down and I save those and I try and memorize those. Because they're so good and it's so awesome to see a good teacher, just a natural teacher or somebody who is, maybe it's not natural. Maybe they just worked on their craft for so long and they have 
they have been able to communicate it that well. And I will write that stuff down all day long and, and just use it, use it for my own. <laughs> I, I think, but I, I think that's something that we miss a lot. I know there's like a personal thing. Like we say leader all the time in the air force. And I'm so I hate it. tired of calling everybody a leader. Like mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to go after this. Like you are, you are a teacher. Like if, if you're, a, if you're a team sergeant and you're not like a great in-person leader, like some of the stuff that I did, like I would take my guys and make little elements. And I know that I have two guys that are way more, you know, personable and, 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 you know, have a lot of credibility with their guys. They have way more than I do, but like I'm in charge of them. I only have to talk to two people. Like I don't have to be the guy that stands in front of everybody all the time and talks to them necessarily, but you find different ways uh, to get, to get after the problems. You know what I mean? Like you got to know who you are. You got to know how you teach people. You got to know how to, how you put out your intent and your personality to, to maximize the effects. Um, so like you don't, we don't all have to be the, this, you know, we create leaders at like these NCOAs and senior NCOAs and all this other stuff. It's like, we don't have to do that. We have to create people that are good at what they're doing and that know who they are and know where they fit into an organization and know how to fill the gaps to make that organization as successful as possible. So that's just my thing about the L word that I hate. <laughs> well, yeah, if you use any word, you know, as much as we do with the word leader, it, it loses all meaning, right? Like, oh, I have a whole room full of leaders. These guys are leaders because they got out of ALS. This guy's a leader because he went to a joint PME. This guy's a leader because he has experience. Like, there's different gradations, but if everybody's a leader, then nobody is. And yeah, and yes. you're just kind of like working in this, you know, commune of, <laughs> of dudes. Like that's not how it works. Well, that's a, that's a great point. So that you bring up Aaron in terms of, you know, if everybody's a leader, nobody's a leader. Well, that also means that you have to be able to follow. So a, a good, you know, senior NCO, NCO, airman, whoever, outside of that is you need to know when you need to step up and, and, you know, whether it's take charge or whatever you want to call it, or you just need to shut up and like, okay, this, this person's got it. This person is running it. I am better served or the, the mission or the, the organization or this task is better served. If I just take in the, take in the commute, the communication, take in the instruction, take in the intent and now I move out with it. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was just you're right. I got it. I agree. <laughs> Nothing follows. Yeah, this page left intentionally blank. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 Good talk. But no, yeah. I mean, there's 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 different ways to be a follower too, though, right? Like like there's doing exactly what you're told versus making making stuff happen. There's, there's, there's taking initiative as a follower, which is, is very nice as a, if, if you're in charge of something, if your your folks below you take initiative to do what needs to be done, you know, it, it, it's important. So like, I, I, I get, I get frustrated sometimes like with the Hollywood depictions of military folks that are like, Hey, all you go jump off that cliff. They're like, no, nah, hoorah, we're going to jump off that cliff. It's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not your job. Your job is to interpret look for opportunities, all these other things, just because you're a follower doesn't mean you're just sitting on your butt waiting for direct orders. You know, we're not, we're not Europeans. We're not all the other you know, military forces in the world that are so inflexible that they just don't do anything unless they're directly told because they're scared of their higher ups. You know, don't be scared of, of all the supervision chain, you know, find work and, and do it. Boy, that was a, that was a, a spear chuck there. Huh? I mean, that's from the, uh, the classic quote. Um, you know, so that, I think it was like a French, 
you know, a French or a European dude basically was talking about the American fighting man. And he was like, I've never seen anything like it. Everybody's huge. They all eat protein since the time they're like two years old. And in the absence of orders, they just attack. They don't need somebody to point them at a problem. They just coalesce, you know, little groups of paratroopers will look around and they'll just be like, Hey, there's a bunker over there. I know dad didn't say go kill the bunker, but it looks like that bunker needs killing. And then they will do that. But he was like, yeah. be real happy if we bring that bunker home with us. Yeah, yeah see that. Hey, I, bet, I bet there's a bunch of weapons in there we could take home. He's going to be so proud of us. So <laughs> then to to that point, do we think that we are still fostering that kind of mentality? I hope so. Right, yeah. You I, know, I, I would hope so too. I think, you know, we're we're so far Trent now officially retired, Mr. Seg Miller on the podcast. Um, I'm working on know, my beard for weeks. Can you tell? It, it oh looks really gosh. good. Yeah, it's coming yeah. in really nice. <laughs> you know, I, I think that those, and, and that's always the hope, right? And again, there's so many parallels with you know parenting and and raising children and stuff. You hope that you, you you never want to see people do things exactly the way that you did. You never want to see your exact plan go forth. You want to see a better version of yourself. You want to see, you know, some of the things that you care about carried on in the next generation and other people doing it their way. And I think there's a ton of that going around today. I think there's a ton of people out there that are still leading hard and still being, you know, accountable and being transparent and trying to learn as they go. I think those things are still happening everywhere. Like always, you get further and further away from a time period or further away from the team room that you were in, you know, 15 years ago. And of course it's going to look different, but I'm I'm long on you know AppSpec war. I'm long on America uh, in general. So I think that you know a lot of the hemming and hawing and you know worries about what's going on right now in the zeitgeist. I don't usually get too wrapped up into those. But you know to answer your question directly, yeah, I think we are still leading hard and teaching you know young leaders how to be good leaders. And I think as long as we continue to pour ourselves and our experience into that younger generation, whether it's through podcasts or you know face-to-face mentorship or you know phone calls or text messages i think that that's still valuable i think we're still doing that so i'd like to say yes and again maybe that's just me being an idealist but no i I didn't have any any kind of um thought behind it in terms of like i've already got you know i've already got this in the back of my head i think it it's very uh, relatable to the, oh, well, this next generation kind of thing, which, which I don't subscribe to. Uh, you know, this, this generation is weaker or we had it harder or whatever they're, you know, the product that we're getting is bullshit. Cause I don't agree with that. And I think that's still kind of that same question, if you will. It's just phrased differently, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of if we're still enabling or, if people coming in still have that kind of mentality is, Hey, you need to, I don't need to tell you just that that building needs to be destroyed. Go destroy it. Yep. Well, I mean, there, there's a few examples like of, of, uh, I remember when the, you know, bull was the group commander, right? He never told us how to do anything, but he would like walk into a room and be like, Hey, he would encourage you. He'd be like, you guys are doing great stuff. Like we are great. You know, like he would just fire you up to go, to go do like, with, I, I, in the history of wanting to make dad proud, you know, when Bull and SG were, were in charge of the, the group, there was, and they couldn't be more opposite people, by the way, the, the, <clears> the <throat> colonel and the chief. <laughs> and that, that, to my point, like, there's, there's different types of people that you want to make proud. Like, 
if you can get SG to, to like smile at you or, or say good job, it's like, that's like a career achievement. They're like, you can have the Medal of Honor or this guy can say that you did a good job. I'm like, please let him say that I did a good job because like, I can't get anything out of that guy. Um, but like, yeah, that, that, it's, it's tough to get something out of him. Yeah. But there, there was no expectation. Like this is going to be the same as it was for me that, you know, like it's all just like, I trust you guys with everything. Like you all are, are crushing it. Go out there and do what needs to be done. You know, like kind of like inspirational leader and you, you have to give those people the space to do it. You know, like, um, I think there are certain people like there, there was a, uh, a master sergeant down at SWIC a little bit ago, combat controller, big dude who we still, I still see his name pop up in comments, like on YouTube and Instagram that people are still trying to live up to that dude's standard. And he just barely left a little bit ago and went to an STS, but like that type of person, I think we are still fostering that, like the, the, the aspirational goals of these younger people to be like, you know, some of these folks. And so to a certain extent, and it's always been like, you know, hit and miss. We've all had terrible commanders and chiefs and NCOs and all this other stuff, but also like we're all still in. So we we obviously had enough good ones that we're all still aspiring to be uh, those people or to make them, them proud of of what we're doing. Yeah. Well, you also learned a lot from those folks too, you know, which, you know, we, we, who do you learn more from the, the person that was, that was good or the person that was bad? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll say if if someone higher up in my leadership chain is bad, like that's a good learning experience. But I'll say people in my chain that are below me that are really good, I learn a ton from those guys. Like that oh, guy yeah. that was a Swick. Like I outrank him, whatever. And I know he's like, it's weird to have conversations with him and be like, oh, you guys are doing great stuff or whatever. And I'm like, bro, like I'm just trying to be like you every day. You know, like you're crushing it. I'm just trying to keep up with that that next generation of, uh, you know. NCO, senior NCO that that is is still pushing the boundaries to to be as but as good as they can be. Well, Aaron knows this. Bill Adams, <laughs> dude. Yep. I mean, he he wouldn't necessarily give you feedback in terms of hey, you need to improve this, you need to do this. He he would get the best out of you just by his performance because you're like this dude is so good at everything. That I, I mean, so squared away, just the epitome of what you would want to be, right? And then you're like, well, I just want to emulate that. And so you would try your best to do it. And even then, he would still just outperform you. Yeah, 100% of the time. Wild Bill Adams, legend. Yep. Yeah. So, senior NCOs, be better. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Trent. Good wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one more thing, though, on that. One more thing. Uh, as a senior NCO, not just as a senior NCO, but any of them, right? Um, and I'll, I'll extend this to the private sector too. If you are in one of those kind of positions, you have to understand the impact that you are having on people's lives uh, in terms of promotions, um, their, their income, their, the quality of their lives. And I'll, I'll say it from a, from a military aspect is you have had, um, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, cousins, husbands, wives, children that have lent their service member to the DOD, you know, regardless of the service. And they are entrusting you to care, feed, mentor, and build up the person, uh, that they are lending to you because it, they are being lent to you. They, 
the the Air Force or the DOD may think that they own you, but they don't because eventually, whether it's in six years, 12 years, 20 years, 25 years, you will take that uniform off and you will then return to your family or, or you know, whatever you, whatever situation you have. So the, they are trusting us to take care of that person, to hold them accountable, to develop them, to ensure that they're being taken care of. So that is, that is on you. That is on all of us. And you got to take that seriously. Like you can't scoff at that. That is, and when you actually start to think about it, it's a, it's a pretty heavy weight. You're like, dude, that's, that's wild. But I mean, if, if one of my kids were, Hey, I'm about to join the military. It's like, well, Hey, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting all those people in that chain from, from the recruiter that they meet day one to uh, throughout their entire time is I'm trusting you to take care of, of my, uh, my person. Yep. Well said. But like, okay. Also an opportunity, right? As yeah. a, as a, as a position, uh, as a, per- a person in any of these positions of, you know, rank and leadership, you have the opportunity to affect people's lives. You have the opportunity to make everything better. You have the opportunity to help them reach their potential to to grow in ways that they maybe they didn't think possible. You have the opportunity for you to learn from them and to grow, uh, to to learn how to do things in a totally new and different way. And I think that was when we started. Really, the the crux of what I was upset about is senior NCOs not realizing how much impact they could have and not maximizing the potential of the people below them. Because that's what gets me excited. That's what gets me going every day is is watching people, you know, grow and become the person that they wanted to be or or more than they ever thought that they could be. Like that's that's the good stuff right there. And that's what, you know, every day is an opportunity to do that. It is. Feels like a yeah. good place to end it, boys. Yeah. It, we've exhausted everything now. <laughs> Aaron's like, I just go to work and crush people. Yeah. You guys are so not as good as I was. That's well, not it at all. That's it's the worst. It's it's the exact opposite, as a matter of fact. But hey, make sure to follow us on uh, onesready.com. Go check out the Instagram account if you had any questions. Shoot us a DM. We always answer them. I always love getting a DM where they're like, Oh, I didn't think you guys were gonna answer. Why would we not answer? It's why we're here. It's legitimately why we're here. It just here. may take a little bit of a time of time. We're, yeah. we're, you're you're really good at answering it pretty quick, but uh, I usually try I, to get I'm, there. I just don't tell them it's me. That way, they take the advice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes they even sign with a little peach on the end of it. You don't know who it is. What's up? You're just assuming it's peach. That's not <laughs> true. That's not true. I don't do that. But yeah, thanks for following along. We appreciate it. Throw us a review. That'd be great leave a little comment for the algorithm we got a ton more content for you on the way that's it later